Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we gather on this first Sunday in the season of Advent. Some of us fully aware we knew the color was purple. Others, no idea. Still coming off of Thanksgiving, still feeling the conversation from around the table. Some of us gather this morning full of faith. It's good to be in a sanctuary like this. Others, lots of questions and all of us with plenty of pain. So Lord, as we gather around the word printed now, would you meet us where we are and take us to the place you want us to be? for the good of our own lives, for the good of the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's this great scene in the movie made for TV, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Anybody, you know the movie? Charlie Brown with his buddy Linus, Linus, thumb-sucking Linus, blanket-clenching Linus. You know Linus. Uh, the, the, the movie starts, uh, Charlie Brown says to Linus, I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, and I'm not happy. And basically the rest of the movie unfolds that storyline until finally Charlie Brown says in a moment of disgust, is there anyone that knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, lights please. <laughs> Take center stage. Remember this? Have you seen this? And starts to announce the gospel of Luke. Uh, the, the movie was made in 1965. The producers predicted it to be a total failure. And yet it's been seen every year for 54 years. I was watching it this past weekend and I noticed something for the first time. I'm 43 years old. I'm sure I've watched this thing at least 43 times. And there's this one shocking, even if subtle, moment when Linus announces the gospel. There's a video that Pillar now has the capacity to project on a Sunday morning during a worship service. For the first time in our proud 172-year history, we're going to show a video in church. And I'm so nervous about it. <laughs> so email someone else, okay? It's, it's Jenna at PillarChurch.com. <laughs> no, really, it's Jenna at... No, no. Now, we'll show, I'll show you the clip in just a minute, but for now, this is the first Sunday in the season of Advent. Did you know uh, Advent calendarizes what we all know to be true, these deep longings of the human existence. We love, we long for beauty, and so we all run to watch the sun go down. We, we long for justice, so infants come out of the womb screaming, it's not fair. We long for love and we long for God and Advent creates space for all of them to breathe the deep longings of the human existence. 
Advent invites us to stand on the precipice of time, stare into the blackness of the future, and says, I believe. I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand with me, staring into the future, and say, I I believe. This is Advent. We're calling it, Can You Imagine? Each week, we're going to borrow from places in the story of God as it comes to us in Scripture where, where, where God is essentially saying, can you imagine? Can you imagine death no more? Can you imagine pain done? Tears wiped away? Can you imagine Agony embraced by tenderness. Brokenness held by the king of righteousness. Despair infused with so much hope. Despair itself becomes hopeful. Can you imagine? So I want you to listen with me. I'm pretty sure this is the first moment in the Bible, towards the very beginning, as you can see, Uh, where God essentially says, can you imagine? Listen carefully and listen well. In the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God placed the man in a garden in Eden in the east. And the Lord God caused to grow every tree that was good for food and pleasant to the sight, the tree of life also in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God placed the man in the garden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord God said to the man, You may freely eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. Or you will surely die. And God said, It is not good. That man should be alone. I'll make a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused to grow every animal of the field and bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called them, that was its name. The man named all the living creatures, the cattle of the field and the birds of the air and the animals of the earth. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come upon the man. And he slept. And the Lord God took from the man a rib and closed up its place with flesh. And out of the rib the Lord God had taken, he formed the woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman. For out of man she came. For this reason, 
A man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife. And the two become one flesh. And they were both naked. And they were not ashamed. Now, the serpent was more crafty than all the other wild animals the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, Did God say you may not eat of the fruit of any of the trees that are in the garden? And and the woman said, We may freely eat of the fruit of the trees that are in the garden, but God said, Of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, or you will surely die. And the serpent said, You will not die, for God knows your eyes will be opened and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the sight, that it was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. She gave some to her husband also, who was with her, and he ate. And their eyes were opened, and they saw that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and they made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid themselves among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called out to the man, where are you? And the man said, I heard the sound of you, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you? You shall not eat of it. And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit. And I ate. And God said to the woman, What is this that you've done? And the woman said, The serpent tricked me. And I ate. And to the serpent, God said, Cursed are you among all the animals. And among all the wild creatures upon your belly you shall go. The dust of the ground you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her offspring and yours. He will strike your head. You will strike his heel. And to the woman, God said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you'll bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And to the man, God said, because you've done this and listened to the voice of your wife, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall labor over it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall produce for you. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For you are dust, and out of dust you shall return. And the man named the woman Eve because she was the mother of all the living. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. It's Genesis chapter 2 and 3, the Genesis 2 creation story with the Genesis 3 fall narrative. It's one of the stories that so defines and describes who we are and how we behave. Every year, at least once a year, we return to this story together, and we're not going to stop anytime soon. Now, there's this two really curious moments, the first from the creation account and the second from the fall narrative. And then we'll get to the video <laughs> and the table. Uh, first, there's this curious line. I'm sure you noticed it in Genesis 2. It's verse 18 if you wanted to find it in a Bible near you. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I would get it if that's what God said after the fall after the disobedience, after the devastation and the tragedy, I would get it. We heard the sound of you and we were afraid because we were naked and we hid ourselves and God said, it's not good. But that's not how it unfolds. After the fall, God says, where are you? Before the fall, as part of creation, God announces, it's not good. Does that strike you as curious? The constant refrain of the creation account from the very first Sentences of Genesis 1 is good. It's good. And God saw the light and it was good. And God called the dry land sea and it was good. And God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And now creation continuing to unfold but we get it's not good. Humankind hasn't even been the subject of a single verb at this point. What did we do? What happened? Pillars of uh, two branches of the Reformed tradition, the Dutch Reformed tradition, we get not good. We of all people love not good. That's right, it's not good. Half the sanctuary shouts, totally! And the other half shouts back, depraved! <laughs> we say with a smile on our face, I was born guilty. A sinner when my mother conceived me. That's right. <laughs> That's a conversation for a different day. That's not what's happening here. It's not good is not a, of a moral quality. It, it's not meant to be translated differently. It was bad. But rather, it was not good as in it's not full yet. It's not complete yet. It's not quite there yet. It's not yet. In, what I'm, in other words, God has created us with longing. God has created us with desire for more. An expression of that desire is realized just a few verses later when the woman is brought to the man and the celebration starts happening. But we'll start celebrating later. Now let's just name the longing. This is Advent after all. Let's get in touch with desire. We long for more. There are, there are longings common to the human existence. The reason I'm pressing on this, our tendency is to take our longings and satisfy them too quickly. But it's not the longings that are at fault, it's not the desire that's to be punished. 
So uh, humankind, you remember this from Genesis 1? Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. That's how Genesis 1 goes. And what does the serpent say to the woman? You will be like God. We already are like God. We're made in the image of God, image bearers of God. You will be like God. The serpent tempts her with immediacy. You can have it now. It's not the longing that's at fault. It's not the desire that is to be condemned. It's our quick fix. It's the quick hit. And it never satisfies. Have you ever noticed this? Am I the only one? These deep longings of the human condition common to all of us, we, we, we seek to grasp and hold on to, and it never satisfies. Can I push a little bit on you? Me too. Can I? A little bit? We long for intimacy. We long for connection. And so we go for the dopamine fix of a quick hit off a website. And we wake up the next day still longing for intimacy, still longing for connection. We long for abundance. God is the God of abundance, so we eat too much. And we drink too much, and we wake up the next day still hungry and with a headache. We long for justice where a world is made right. So we hop on Facebook or wherever people are ranting now, and we yell and we scream, and we wake up the next day still angry, and nothing's changed. This is Advent. Let's name the deep longing, the deep longing of the human existence and set aside, just for now, just for a time, set aside the quick fix. It doesn't satisfy. It never does. It never will. You will wake up tomorrow. So if, if, if you can, if you're willing, I want you, this Advent, there's four Sundays I want you to get in touch with what, what are you longing for? What do you desire? And I want you to notice if you try to satisfy it too quickly. It's my Advent invitation for you. It's not good. Not as a moral statement, as a longing. That's the first thing I wanted you to notice with me. Now, here's the second moment. This is from the Genesis 3 fall narrative. She took of its fruit, and she ate. She gave some to her husband, who was with her to settle all arguments. <laughs> and he ate. It's interesting, it's the first time in the creation story, up until this point, we've been the gracious, grateful recipients of all of God's action. God just keeps creating and giving and providing, and we're receiving. Even when humankind begins to get in on the action, it's only in concert with what God is already up to. Even when God brings the animals to the man to see what he would call them, and the man names them, it's only a participating activity. This is the first time, Genesis 3, she took of its fruit. She grasped. She stole. And then as W.H. Auden puts it, everything began to unravel. Uh, they're embarrassed. They feel shame. So they 
clothe themselves, to cover themselves. This is embarrassing. And then they hide because they're afraid, so you got shame and fear going on. We heard the sound of you and we were afraid because we're naked and we hid ourselves. So shame and fear then become this crazy cocktail that leads them to blaming the woman whom you gave to be with me. Anybody experience that in life? Shame and fear lead to blame? Or is it just Adam and Eve? The serpent tricked me. So you've got fear and shame and blaming going on and everything begins to unravel. It's also interesting, God approaches the man and the woman with questions. Did you notice that? First, where are you? The brokenhearted God says. And then to the man, who told you that you were naked? And then to the woman, what is this that you've done? Questions invite relationship. Questions are about connection. Questions are about intimacy. But to the serpent, no questions. This is going to be a sermon for a different day. I'm going to preach it maybe next Advent. No, no questions for the serpent. Just announcements. Just statements. Cursed are you. God gave the serpent no space to speak. Cursed are you among all the animals and among all the wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and the dust of the ground you shall eat. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her offspring and yours. He will strike your head. There it is. Can you imagine? Genesis 3.15, the ancients call it the proto-gospel. Hardly two and a half chapters into the story of salvation, God starts pointing to Jesus. He will strike your head. The offspring of the woman, all of us offspring of the woman in a certain sense, and we feel the nipping, grasping, pointing realities of sin and evil in our lives and in the world. But finally, the child, the offspring of the woman born in the backwater town called Bethlehem, incognito in a stable, Fleming Rutledge says, born vulnerable to the conditions of the world because he took the conditions on himself He who knew no sin was made to be sin, the Bible says. He took it on himself. He took it with him to the cross where he died to forgive. He went to the grave where he left it, coming himself up victorious in resurrection. He ascended into heaven where he rules and reigns until he comes again to make it all right and to make it all new. Can you imagine? He will strike your head. Can you imagine a day when children are no longer looking for homes on the border? Can you imagine when social services are no longer needed because everyone will have what they need? Can you imagine a day when we're no longer grasping and clutching and taking because love and joy and peace have paved the way? Can you imagine all met in Jesus Christ? The deep down longings of the human existence that we seek to satisfy too quickly are realized in the Christ child. Are you with me? So this is a funny story. It has nothing to do with the sermon. Uh, But I I like response, you know, verbal response. And then someone came up to me some time ago and said, Pastor, that was such a great sermon. You could hear a pin drop. (laughs) Like, huh. I hadn't thought of it like that. So anyway, I appreciate your silence. There's this scene uh, in the Charlie Brown Christmas. It's great. You know Linus. 
Starts with Charlie Brown and Linus, Linus thumb-sucking Linus, Linus clenching his blanket, Linus. The movie begins with Charlie Brown saying to Linus, I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming and I'm not happy. And that's the story of the movie. Uh, Until finally Charlie Brown makes this grand statement and Linus... Have you, do you notice just this like intuitive connection to Linus? Nobody knows why he needs a blanket. <laughs> we just all know we need a blanket. We all want to suck our thumb. <laughs> Staff's going to tear me apart for that one later this week. We all just want to hold on to our blankets, you know what I mean? Well, there's this moment, it's subtle and it's shocking, but there's this moment, uh, I, want you to, I want you to watch it, Are we good with this? Consensus? It's okay to watch a video in this? Okay. Watch the blanket. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. (laughs) Did you see it? Linus starts to announce the gospel, Fear not. And he drops his blanket. You don't have to hold on anymore. A child has been born for us. A son given to us. You don't have to hold on anymore. You can leave your blanket behind. The deep down longings of the human heart are met in Jesus Christ. Amen?